here live on the scene. Now the Bears back at it today, Tommy, at least meeting-wise. A little walkthrough, off tomorrow, and then practice week gets underway. In NFL terms, Thursday is really Wednesday, Friday's Thursday, Saturday is Friday, and Sunday is Saturday. Yeah, you know, it's Matt Eberflus is working smart. I think what you want to do is you want to allow these guys to recoup mentally and physically, uh, get them back at practice when you have enough time to insert the game plan. And, you know, I, they call it a mini bye week, but it's really not. It's a couple days off because you play on Thursday night and then you get a chance to play on Monday. When they really do have the bye week, you can significantly relax from the game and kind of forget about it for a couple minutes. Here, you really don't get a chance to forget about it because you have to keep it fresh in your mind. You can't come out here and, you know, forget an assignment or two along the way. So it's about staying in, in the moment. You, you know, like Dick always used to say, you can't turn the key off and then turn it on immediately. It's at the beginning of the season. Once you turn it on, it's on till the end. Yeah, but why you say that, it, it, you know, they had the short week, so it was really walkthroughs. And this week, you won't practice till Thursday. So it's six days since the game. So they really haven't practiced a lot. I think he's going to, Matt Eberflus, will get a little bit more individual work, get the techniques that they've researched that they need to improve upon each player, three good things, three things they need to work on was the conversation they had with their position coaches today. So it should be a much fresher team headed to New England on Monday night. Yeah, but, you know, this team has always been fresh. They have a good attitude. They come out and they work hard. You saw some of the, that, you know, we saw instances of that in training camp when we were up here, and they would be uh, an 85 to 95-degree day. They'd go out there and they would work hard and they'd work fast. They'd practice hard. And then they had to do the exact same thing the next day. So I've always been impressed by this football team, the energy that they carry on kind of an everyday basis and every game basis so far up until, you know, until the end of the game because they've, they've been in some halftime scenarios. We didn't know what was going to happen, and they came out and played their best football. Right. They've yet to have a lead in the first, you know, at halftime, and they are still two wins out of that, but you got to finish, and that's been the frustrating thing. You heard it from Justin Fields, Jalen Johnson today. Yeah, you know, they're trying to keep it positive in the coaching uh, end of things, but the players know. The players know that they – they could have had these games, right. and that's the frustration part of it that they have to overcome. Um, with that being said, the things that need to be worked on, aside from the obvious and finishing, the rest of them are kind of obvious, and those were pinpointed today by Matt Eberflus. One, they got to get the passing game going and protecting Justin Fields and getting rid of the ball quicker. On defense, got to stop the run. Yeah, you know, the, the offensive part of it is a more difficult solution, I think, than the defensive part of it. Because when you talk about the offensive component to improvement, it's making sure that you're starting to understand the terminology perfectly. And not just, you know, I, oh, I know it pretty good, or, I, you know, I could probably go in there and get a B on a test. No, that doesn't work. It's about knowing this stuff perfectly. So when you talk about timing, you talk about offensive line protection, getting the ball out of Justin's hand, you know, being more protective of himself so he can be in it for the long haul. Those things are all curable, but it's a constant process of correction when you talk about offensive football. And you need to be in the same system for a period of time so you do and you can do it perfectly. 
defense, um, you, you know, when they brought in this defense and they instill, installed this front, guys were making position changes. Uh, Roquan Smith, for example, going from an interior linebacker in a different style of defense to being a, kind of an edge middle linebacker in this defensive front with more defensive linemen in front of you. So, like I said, I've never been um, disappointed in the energy that these guys show up every week with, but it is about the finishing the end result. And it's a young team, one of the youngest in the league. They started the season, I think, tied for eighth youngest overall roster, uh, but they've played significant snaps, more than any other team in the league rookies have played. A lot of that is on special teams, coverage units, seven, eight rookies on these coverage units, punt and kickoff return. Uh, but overall, you just got to find a way to score points, and that has been even predating this administration, the difficulty for the Chicago Bears scoring touchdowns. Then point of emphasis, the red zone. Uh, you know, everybody that watched the game last week, they saw how many opportunities the Bears had in the red zone and they failed to uh, score. Then you look at the Giants game when they had red zone opportunities early in the game and they failed to score touchdowns and they ended up getting field goals. So what do you learn from that? You learn that when you get into the red zone, you have to have a game plan that you're 100% confident in, that you know that when you get inside that 20, you get inside the 10, and you get as close as the five-yard line that the end result has to be touchdowns. This is not a team right now that can go out there and, and get by with field goals. One way to improve your defense and allow them to play more aggressive and take more chances is by getting a lead. And so I think all those different components can help the overall team have more wins attached to it. Uh, some business today. Amir Smith-Marset, the uh, former Minnesota Viking, waived today. Isaiah, Isaiah Coulter, who was on the pro uh, roster last year for a, a minute. I think he had one target last year. He comes off the practice squad to help out a receiver. Nikhil Harry should likely get snaps this week against his old team, I would think. I, I hope he does, but, you know, even if he does, we don't know a lot about no, him no. because Nikhil Harry came here, with, you know, former first-rounder, big body, the type of guy that, you know, as you can tell, the game means a lot to him because you don't look like that without putting effort into it. But Nikhil Harry, you talk about the timing between the receiver and the quarterback. He needs to have – a couple hundred reps with Justin just to understand, just to get to know each other a little bit. And then they need to find, you know, five or six pass plays, and they need to repetitiously go over those another hundred times during the course of a week. So, yeah, I'm excited to see Nikhil Harry, but it's not going to be, you know, plug-and-play type of performance. Happy birthday today. Thank you. To 83-year-old oh. Mike Ditka, the coach. Oh. How about that? Happy birthday, Mike. Uh, this week, also Steve McMichael yep. battling ALS, the fight of all fights. Uh, also celebrated his 65th birthday yesterday. Last week, it was Mike Singletary. It's hard to look. I'm 60. I know you're 61. But it's hard to look at the 85 Bears. You're 61. No, I'm not. Uh, you I'm should not. be. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm much more than 61. Or 60, rather. But it's hard to think of... Ditka, the bear, because you guys had so much vibrancy, you you ruled the you ruled the roost of Bears fandom, and now you guys are on the other side of 60. Right. It's so hard to to think about that. Do but, you 
Don't Do you feel the same way a little bit? I, no, I feel good. I feel no, young. No, not, not that. But, just knowing yeah, that you guys oh, are course. all at this point. Of, of course I do because, you know, I, I grew up in this area. I grew up in Joliet. So, you know, you're a Bears fan, and that's the team you're committed to because when I was growing up, you didn't have all these different avenues of NFL distraction with the red zone and turning on any – uh, station device, get, yeah, device, <laughs> and getting any team you want to listen to. You know, you were born, bred, and you know, with the with the Bears. And um, so, when you walk in there for the very first time, and you see the, the that team, and you see Ditka, and you see all the guys that you read about and saw on TV, and uh, it's a special group of guys. But it's the kind of the guys that walk around with the same confidence today, whether you're exactly. 80, 83, <laughs> 63, or you know, however old we are. Unique to that bunch, yeah, no question. I just, you know, we all can daydream what it would have been like for that team playing in 2022. I, I don't know. You guys might have been in a lot of trouble. We would whip anybody. <laughs> you would, we on would. and off the field. Yep. All right, coming up next, Bears defensive lineman Justin Jones will join the program after a break here from Hallisaw. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. All right. Welcome back to Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer here at PNC Studio at Hallisaw. We've got Magellan Corporation here at Guests in the building, and their guests are USO Illinois, and they're a, a lively bunch, yep. Big Tom. Welcoming uh, Bears defensive tackle, Justin Jones, to the program. How you feeling, my man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah. Get a good break and uh, get, the, get the mind right and the body right, the spirit right for the uh, next 11 games, I guess. As yeah. a bye week then come to week 14, so you got a ways to go before you get a true break from the game. Yeah, man, I'm not even thinking about the bow. Honestly, man, it's, it's so far away that you know, if I start thinking about it now, you know, it, it just makes it go. It makes it, you know, longer. So, how do you like the weather change? I don't, I don't, you know, have you been in the climate change, the four seasons, very much in your life? Because you got drafted on the West Coast. You mm -hmm. were, grew up in a, a, down in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, as this temperature starts to change, how do you like that? You know, so I went to NC State and. Uh, January, February in uh, in North Carolina, it gets pretty cold. We get we get maybe like six inches of snow. So you know, I'm I'm I'm, pr I'm pretty good right now. I have I haven't got the uh, the extreme cold yet. So it's coming. Yeah, I, I heard. <laughs> Just to to revisit the San Francisco game, was that the wettest game you've ever played in in your life, or have you faced that before? Because I think in in all the years and the all the years I played and all the years of been broadcasting. I've only maybe seen two that bad in the, in our time. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I've played it much worse. Have so, you? So we played uh, Notre Dame uh, my junior year in uh, college, and we were the only game on because it was a hurricane, and we played in the middle of the hurricane. That was the only game they didn't cancel. And, uh, yeah, it was like four to five inches of water on the ground, maybe six, and, like, every time you step, like, your cleat just, like, disappear into the water on the field. And, Who like, won? Uh, we did, we did. We, did. we won. We won on a block punt. You know he's a domer. I went to Notre Dame. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no I'm. I'm. <laughs> oh, I'm man. happy to see because you know that was one of the cool things is when you had an opportunity to play schools like that that you, they weren't in just on your regular schedule. So right. it was a great experience to go out there and. Um, did they get you all hyped up to make sure you beat Notre Dame? To, uh, yeah, they, they did. They did. They said, you know, rain or shine, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we're going to put the ball down to play. And that was the biggest – that was like our mantra there, to put the ball down, 
you know, we'll play. Were you playing inside defensive tackle? I was. I was. My, my defensive line was actually pretty good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, li listen, listen. Pretty good. Bradley Chubb, you know, you know Bradley yeah. Chubb, B.J. Hill, Contavious Street, Justin Jones. Yeah. And then last week on the broadcast, Washington had their starting defensive end. I was blowing the guy up. Now I'm going to forget his name. Uh, he was on your, your Ooh, crew. James, James Smith-Williams? Yeah, James Smith-Williams had a yeah. couple sacks the week before. Uh, so it's like defensive line you over there. You guys uh, were something. You called the, the pack pros, I guess you guys called each other? Oh, no, pack, the pack, pros? pack pros are just like everybody who went to the league. Anybody. You know, okay, anybody in the league. Okay. Yeah. But that, that, that was something special. That's rare. Get a whole defensive line drafted. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was something uh, real special that we had. You know, we all – well, three of us were roommates when we first got in there. So, you know, it was pretty cool just to, you know, grind with those guys and, you know, just see the change, you know, in everybody's bodies and their mentality and their knowledge of the game and, you know, just apply it to the field. It was a beautiful thing to see. Crazy thing, though, real quick, Tom, is because back – and you and I talked about this on some show. Maybe you were on with us before, but I find it interesting that – so, you know, you bounced around. You, you were from the Bronx. Are you a Yankee fan? No. Okay. They're beating Cleveland, and the ALDS should be wrapping up uh, and headed to the ALCS. But then you're down to Georgia. So, you, you know, you look, take a look at Georgia, right? Yeah. They told you you're two inches too short, yeah, right? They, they told me I was too short to play. Clemson told you, oh, yeah. sorry, you're too short at defensive tackle. But, you know, you look at a lot of these defensive tackles in the league, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, what are you now? I'm six two and a half, six yeah, three. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's working. You know, <laughs> fifth year in the NFL, it's like the short arm thing with tackles. It drives Tom nuts. You know, hey, if you got leverage, you're gonna win. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, you got game. You got game. No matter how big you are. You know, Aaron Donald plays at two sixty five, two sixty, and I've also seen other D tackles who play at three forty. You know, and they're great players. So it's just a matter, you know, how good how good you are with, you know, what you got. You know, so. when, when you go to the combine, they put your back up against the wall, and then they tell you to raise your toes up, and then they put that ruler down. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I went through my whole life in my high school program. I was 6'5", and then I went to the combine, yeah. and I was 6'3", and three quarters. <laughs> and, I, you know, you're losing money by every half of an inch. They... Oh, for sure. For sure. I definitely thought I was about to be in there and be like 6'3 and a half, maybe 6'4", if, if my hair was nice, you know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> They got me at like six two and a half, and I was like, "Oh man!" But it's all good. So I, the combine was actually a crazy experience. You know, you everybody sees it on TV, but that whole little schedule they got going on yeah. over there is really, really, really draining. It's crazy. You know, when I came out of college, we used to have to go to three different combines. We had to go to one in Detroit, one in Tampa, and one in Seattle, really? and do the whole thing each time. And but I was reading reports about you, and they said, "Oh, they had projected you to be a fifth or sixth rounder, but you went in the third round." Yeah. Did that surprise you, or did, when you went to the combine, did you say, hey, I'm as good as any one of these guys that I'm competing against? Uh, we, we pretty much already knew where I was going to go, you know, before the draft. Like, no, I wouldn't say after the combine, but, I mean, before the combine, but after the combine, we pretty much knew exactly where I was going to go. But, you know, we really got a feel for after the senior bowl. You know, I had a pretty good senior bowl coming out of uh, college, and that kind of boosted my draft stock really high. So. Did you like the senior bowl? Because no. I, I, you know, I went to the hula bowl because <laughs> I didn't want to go to something as serious as the senior bowl because back the, in the days they had you doing yeah. double days, it was full pads and everything was legit pro style. Yeah. You know, you know now that I've been in the league a couple of years, the, the senior bowl that we had back then was not pro style at all. It was more so, you know, just to see who, who can play the best when they're tired 
And obviously, you know, they, they watched the pass rush snap. So that was kind of all the, the drills everybody really wanted to see. But after that, we got a whole hour and 30 minutes left to practice. So, you know, we basically spent that conditioning and, you know, doing team reps. So, you know, for me, I, I, that's not really a pro practice to me. But, you know, it was a good, a good opportunity to showcase, you know, the skill sets and everything and, you know, in those drills. And especially when you're tired, you know, that's, that's a big thing in the league. You know, how do you play when you're tired? So that, that's the only real, realistic thing I can honestly say that, you know, we got from the senior ball. The best part of the senior ball, honestly, is the interviews. And, you know, the one-on-ones with the coaches and everything so they can really see, you know, where you are mentally with the game because that's most important. So when I would come here for and watch OTAs and stuff, I was amazed at how fast you guys were practicing. Mm-hmm. Not, not the length of time of how fast you guys were going through your drills that were running teamwork that would mm-hmm. do it. And then I was curious, is this going to be able to carry over to live training camp practice? What did you think when you got into training camp with Matt Eberflus did you like the pace at which you were practicing? Um, were you getting too much conditioning work? Were you getting enough conditioning work? How did that settle in with you? Honestly, I thought at the time, you know, it was, it was hard. But, you know, obviously, you know, getting into training camp, it, it built up the stamina, you know, that we needed to play. And obviously, you know, you've seen in the last couple of games, you know, even though they haven't gone our way, the fourth quarter has really been our quarter. And that's because, you know, the other team is pretty much getting tired and we have the stamina to play. And that's, that's due to, the, you know, the, the condition that we did throughout practice and OTAs and training camp. So even if you don't see it now, you know, we definitely thankful for it now. So. Right. Our guest, Justin Jones, here on Bears All Access, Tyler Buterbaum, I <clears> hope <throat> I said that correctly, is our producer back at the score. Paul Zarang here with Dan Barilli and a cast of thousands in the audience here. We're going to take another break. More with Justin after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. And this segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit Athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Welcome Magellan Corporation and USO Illinois here at PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. Uh, this was not a full practice day for Justin Jones and the Bears. They did the walkthrough meetings. How did it all go? Because Matt Eberflus talked about what they wanted to do as coaches. Every team does it. A little review of what's mm-hmm. happened for the first six and look at the strengths, look at things that need to be tweaked. I, I know, you know that run defense is going to be one of the big ones, at least on your side of the ball. Yeah, you know, he, he definitely uh, brought that up to, uh, to us today. And uh, that was one of the biggest things, you know, we talked about. And uh, but he did highlight, you know, some of the positives that we had. You know, we had a lot of positives. And the biggest thing that he said to us is that, you know, we're, we're, we're getting better every week. And, you know, even though it might not show up on the, uh, the wins like we wanted to, because that, that's obviously frustrating. But, you know, we are getting better every week. And that's really all you can ask, like, because in the NFL, you know, you just can't you can't stay the same. Either you're getting better or you're getting worse. And, you know, we're getting better. So have you ever played New <clears throat> Have you ever played New England with Tom Brady? Throughout your career, I did my uh, my rookie year. We had went to the playoffs, and it was the first round of the playoffs, and uh, we had played them, and uh, we definitely lost. So, from what you've been able to learn throughout your career, is there a different approach to when you play a team that doesn't have Tom Brady in New England that does? And you know, it's a serious question because I know if if we were playing against a defense that had a guy like Reggie White, it would be a whole point of emphasis when you prepare for him. Is it the same with New England, or is it what you remember preparing as a younger guy? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was uh, anything different. You know, honestly, in my opinion, you know, you, you treat every game like it has a life of its own, 
And you know you can't you can't talk about the Patriots without talking about Tom Brady at the time. You right. Know, you can't you can't talk about you know uh, the Bucks without talking about Tom Brady. You can't talk about anybody without talking about their best players. And that's that's kind of what I mean by treating everybody the same. You have to show respect to the players that kind of make their team go. But you have to have you also have to make a make a plan to take those players out to make them ineffective in the game so that you can you know obviously do what you're trying to do, which is obviously win. You know, you can't, you can't let those players get going and get into a rhythm because they, they can hurt you at that point. You know, when you go back to the Green Bay game, you had a couple tackles for loss, explosive plays at the line of scrimmage. As a defensive lineman, do you like when you're on the road where you can kind of grow it familiar with the cadence of the quarterback? Or do you like it at home when you really can't hear anything and you're just going on instincts? Because I, I see you have explosive plays on the road Mm -hmm. And it's I, I don't know if you're fall, you're falling into that cadence rhythm or what what is it for us to know? You know it's, it's different things. You know it's different things for me personally. Uh, I like going on the road uh, more just for the simple fact that you know our, our Bears fans travel. Yeah. And uh, that's huge for me. You know I, I like going to uh, foreign stadiums and you know putting on a show for them and obviously get, uh, going there and getting the win. You know especially when our fans travel like that. That's something I, I really I really enjoy doing. You know, because a lot of fans get to go home unhappy, and I love that. <laughs> I love that. But, um, you know, as for, you know, cadence and everything, when we're on the road, well, when they're home and, you know, our, our fans are really loud, I pay attention to, like, the clock, you know, the, um, the game clock. clock. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm paying attention to mannerism. A lot of people go silent count, so, you know, they, they have a routine cadence or a routine, you know, motion that they do, you know, to, uh, to let everybody on the O-line know that they're about to hike the ball, notifying me that they're about to not hike the ball. And so once they do that, I'm, I'm out of there. Uh, when they're at home, you know, some people like, uh, let me think, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he has some things that he do, that he does, you know, uh, pre-snap to where I, I know when the ball's coming. And once it, once it comes, I can, I'm out of there before everybody else moves. It's possible Mac Jones uh, could come back for this one. Otherwise, it's uh, Bailey Zappi, who's been, been impressive in almost three full games. They're putting up a lot of points. Mm -hmm. you, your Chargers team that you were on last year did play, took them down to the wire. I think they had one touchdown run and mm -hmm. uh, four field goals. With mm -hmm. Mac Jones, what'd you learn from Mac Jones last year that if he do goes in there and comes back from his injury, that will benefit uh, you just from knowledge from playing him once? Oh, uh, you definitely know he's a good quarterback. Uh, he doesn't like anybody next to his feet, you know. So that's that's a big thing, you know. He throws off his back foot whenever there's pressure, obviously, you know. But uh, if we can get some confusion going on, that was one thing about him, you know. Once he gets confused, you know, he kind of just throws the game away, in my opinion. But, um, you know, obviously, if he gets in the rhythm, then obviously he can hurt us. So you got to give him respect in that aspect. But, you know, he does, he does have a kryptonite, and we're, we're going to expose that. Yeah, I'll tell you, the one thing you got to get ready for, as you know, with the Bill Belichick coach team, and, and Tommy and I just broke it down for our game preview, is that they throw a bunch at you. They throw right. packages after package. They'll start out with whatever, and then you got to figure it out over the course of the game. Right. Uh, that's a part of it. you got to find a lot of answers to a lot of questions, right. even as the game's unfolding. Would that right. be a fair representation of playing a Patriots, Bill Belichick coach team? That's definitely true. That's definitely true. But, you know, one thing about, you know, fundamentals and technique, like those, those things aren't going to lie to you, you know. So if you're really focusing on those things, and you, you will be okay. And that's from the front end all the way to the back end. So stuff like that doesn't really worry me. You know, it's more so, it's more so you know, are we are we playing with effort? Are we, are we getting to the ball? Are, are we uh, are we all getting half to the ball? Are we knocking the pile back? Are we getting pressure on the quarterback? Those those are things that I'm worried about. Not more so what they're doing. It's always about us. So, who do you think's bigger trash talkers, offensive line or defensive linemen? And then from all the young guys that Jeff and I don't know that well yet, who's the biggest talker amongst your defensive linemen? 
so the first question you asked offensive uh, does, is there any offensive lineman that talk trash to you no. or are they they're back to the <laughs> huddle so quick yeah they're, they're they're in and out for me they don't they don't really talk too much to me but uh, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot more D linemen talking trash at O line than O line. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, you didn't talk, did you? No, but we didn't have time. But there are some guys that do, and because we're getting to know a lot of these guys for the first time yeah. in our life, you know. Um, well, I'm talking about O line, though. I, I mean, o Olin did. There's, there's, there's all. <laughs> did you and Jay? No, you know, I mean, we didn't take anything yeah. because you'd get a defensive lineman from a team that would try to line up. Like the Green Bay Packers used to have a guy named Tim Harris, and he would line up against everybody on the offensive line, and he would talk a lot of trash. So you almost had to give it back to him, right? You know, but well, how about John Rando, who had a whole book on your whole right. life, and he was. Yeah, oh, yeah, he'd do research. I mean, he would, do re he would know everything about your life and just poke at you the whole game and be talking. The go on an NFL Films with John Rand. It's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. But he'd get under your skin, you know? Yeah. He'd get under your skin a little bit. Uh, Justin Jones, our guest here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. So uh, part of your weekend was hanging out with the folks as honorary captain for the Tap Kenwood Chicago Public League Girls Flag Football City Championship game, TAP mm -hmm. won, and both teams are going to be competing in the state championship here at Hallis Hall later this month. Uh, you have a one-year-old daughter, so, you know, you got to kick out of that, too. What was it like, and is this part of the future with uh, girls and boys, for that matter? I know the NFL would mm -hmm. love to have it be a, an Olympic sport one day. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, it it'll be, be good for both, you know. And uh, personally, you know, just the game of football itself, I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be really good for for the girls and women that want to play football. In my, my opinion, you know, especially, especially, obviously, me having a daughter, I'm a little biased. You know, I, I want her to enjoy the sport as well. And obviously, she seemed like she wanted to do it. So, you know, at some point when she gets of age, you know, we'll, we'll put her in something like that, and you know, let her try it out. But you know, it, it's huge. You talk about opportunity to get to get be able to get more people into sports and be able to uh, get more people an opportunity to get a free education, you know, and, and you know, possibly go and get into the Olympics. That's, that's amazing. That's literally life-changing, like, you know, for a lot of people. So, you know, I, I thought that was amazing, you know, finding that information out. And, you know, you, you're looking at the teams, like, being out there with Tad and Kim, they, they, they love this game. Like, they love it. Like, they're, they're, they're playing, like, they're, they're playing, like, full speed. <laughs> like, they're, 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 they're you, you have to see it with your own eyes. Like literally, it, it's amazing. Like they're running routes and everything, and you know they're they're really getting competitive. They're trash talking to each other. Like you can even see it the way they pull the flag and throw it on the ground and walk off. Like it's they're they're out there really trying to get it, and it's amazing to see. Yeah, so. I'm sure. No, here again, you know they kids mimic behavior. So yeah. they watch <laughs> watch the big boys at the NFL level do their thing, yeah. and it's going to trickle down. Uh, even how they wear their socks or how they, you know, wear their uniforms. So yeah. we got to take a break. Justin Jones, our guest here at Hattlesaw at PNC Studios with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package at Soldier Field this season with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket, pre-game hospitality, appearances from Bears legends, and more all in one place. Make the most of your game day experience at Soldier Field this season. Get your VIP fan package by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com today. Football is back, and so is your chance to win with Bed River Sportsbook app. Featuring our new multi-game same-game parlay, combine the action of multiple same-game parlays in one bet for more action and bigger payouts. Bet the spread, bet the over, 
bet player props, and more. Throw in daily odds boost plus award-winning customer service, and it's a touchdown. Download it today. Must be 21 plus. Available in Illinois only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, help is available. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. With our newest unlimited plan, everyone's welcome. Introducing Welcome Unlimited from Verizon for just $30 a line per month for four lines with auto pay plus taxes and fees. Our best priced unlimited plan ever. Did he say $30? Yep. $30 a line for the whole family. The network you want price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Paper-free billing required. Unlimited 5G nationwide 4G LTE. In times of congestion, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. All smartphone lines on the account must be on Welcome Unlimited and are eligible only for select promotions. Includes domestic talk, text, and data usage only. Data roaming at 2G speeds. Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. With top there, Jeff Joniak, our special guest, for one final segment, Justin Jones, Bears defensive tackle, uh, hanging out with the big guys up front. Uh, really a great chance here, free agency for the first time in your career, and really to, to kind of vault your career with a new platform here, with a new team. But my gosh, the rookies, they, they're more snaps than any team in the league by a long shot. So you got yep. a young football <clears throat> team. What's it like playing with these guys? In there? Have, they, have they adapted quicker maybe than – they wouldn't if there weren't so many of them, especially on special teams, for example. Yeah, they are. They are. But the, the good thing about it is, you know, they're getting all these quality reps now. And that's one thing, you know, about it, you know, for a lot, for a lot of rookies in the league. They don't, it's a lack of reps. You know, it's a lot of vets taking all the reps nowadays, you know, and all the other teams. So here, you know, giving all these rookies, you know, so many reps at a young, at a young age in their career, like it's going to be huge for their career just in general. Like they'll be able to start seeing things a lot faster you know, in the following games and following years and just develop faster as a player because those, those reps are important. You can't imitate game reps in the practice. Like, you have to be in the game. You have to understand the situations, the pressure, you know, the fans. You have to feel all that stuff, you know, to get to understand it and get better at it. And, you know, for certain things that affect you, like, you know, like a, a rookie will come into a hostile environment, that might affect them, you know, versus a vet who's been, who's been there three or four times. Like, that, you know, they, that doesn't affect them at all, you know. So that stuff's important. Is there information that you can transfer to a guy like Dominique Robinson? Because you talk about the offense breaks the huddle. You take everything into consideration, the time on the clock, the down and distance, what hash mark they're on, the mm. stance of the offensive lineman. Is there, is there teaching components that you can help a guy like Dominique because he's played different positions, but he's got the talent to sure. grow and do a defensive end? You know, I've talked to Dominique a couple of times, you know, about, about, you know, tendencies and everything and, you know, how to, how to diagnose a whole play, you know, within like maybe seven to ten seconds, kind of know what's coming at you before you even get in your stance. Because that, that's really the, that's really the, uh, that's really one of the, one of the biggest, the biggest things, you know, of the down is trying to, the pre-snap reads, you know, that's really important for a D-lineman to understand, you know, where the ball's going, you know, what kind of block you're going to get, you know, what your assignment is, you know, how can you can how you can do it effectively, you know, when you can take your shots, because those are when the big plays are made, you know, when you're able to take a shot and it won't hurt the team, it's within the scheme, but you can take your shot and make a big play, you know, obviously, you know, from what you've seen on the pre-snap. You know, so we've talked about, you know, alignments, we've talked about running back alignments, we've talked about splits between offensive linemen, tackles and guards, and we've talked about, you know, tendencies from a center, you know, from the head motions to the way he holds the ball. We talked about quarterbacks and stuff like that, and their mannerisms, you know, from when the ball comes out and stuff like that. So we talked about a lot, but, you know, it's repetition, like I said, you know, for rookies, you know, to be able to understand certain things like that and be able to look at that and, you know, without, for it to become second nature, to be able to look at that and become second nature, and you don't have to really think about, oh, let me look at his eyes, let me look at the split. It just becomes something part of your routine, you know, of a snap. 
So that, that's kind of what we're trying to get to. But we talk about that, you know, he's starting to do things like that too. So that's, that's pretty good. You know, what, as a defensive lineman, you see these guys that are talented that are able to deflect balls out of the air when the quarterback throws them. Can you teach them things like that to say, okay, I'm still rushing against the offensive lineman, but I'm also reading the eyes of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Is that something that is innate in you that you have from thousands of reps and one-on-ones and teamwork and everything else you go through? Or is that something that's learned or taught by a, a coach from the past? Well, you know, it's it's something like, so, you know, looking at odds is always good, you know, but it's also things as, you know, for just being in front of the quarterback in general, right? Then looking at, looking at uh, ball indicators, you know, when he takes his hand off the ball, that's when the ball's coming because some quarterbacks will pump fake you and they their hand will still be on the ball or they're not going through their regular throwing motions for, you know, to be able to know when to jump and stuff like that. So, you know, just, just, just you know, taking advantage of all those tendencies and everything. And obviously, you know, if you're getting a double team, you know, you're not getting to the quarterback, the best way to affect them is to get your hands up, you know, try to block the pass or get, get in his vision so he'll overthrow it or something, you know, get him to pump fake because he can't see or, you know, he knows it's open, but it's a bad pass because you're right there. So just something, you know, to give guys extra time to get there or, you know, give guys extra time, you know, just to, you know, to, to, uh, to beat their man so, you know, they can get a pressure or a sack or something because sometimes, you know, a double team comes your way and, you know, you're ineffective on the rush. But that's one good way, you know, to, to, to affect the quarterback. Hot button topic right now. Justin Jones, our guest here with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. So the NFL owners meeting today out in New York and the topic of roughing the passer uh, mm. was uh, discussed and the NFL's executive vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent, said, yep, healthy conversation, healthy mm -hmm. conversation about it. These uh, recent calls were not changing our philosophy. As a defensive lineman who gets to the quarterback and you, you know what the flags mean or the, 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 the type of way you have to hit a quarterback these days, even with full momentum in the heat of the moment, how, how do you feel about that if they're going to continue to lean on what they're doing right now? And even Rich McKay the competi competition committee chairman said, I got lulled into it once, and it probably won't happen again in terms of reviewing things like that. And that was about pass interference back in the day. They could never get a consistent way to, to call pass interference. Mm -hmm. What is your thought on it as a, as a three-technique defensive tack who's asked to blast off at the line of scrimmage and go get the quarterback? Uh, personally, I think, it, I think it's pretty soft, you know, in my, my opinion. You know, uh, I do agree, you know, not uh, not just hit sticking the quarterback at all times because obviously that's a way to really, really hurt him. You know, you don't want to hurt too, you don't want to hurt guys like that in this game. But, you know, obviously the recent the recent calls, I, I think they're pretty soft, you know, because I, I don't think there were anything wrong with the recent ones. You know, you obviously you're referring to the Grady Jarrett or the Tom Brady one, huh? Yes, but even this past, even last night, I mean, there were, you know, there's been a, a half a dozen of them. But yeah. is it going to alter the way you go about it? Is it in your head? Because think, think for a minute, what if it's... <laughs> Fourth quarter, crunch time, and yep, you know, that word close, you're trying to close, and you get to the quarterback, and you happen to land on him a certain way that they don't like. I mean, you just got to pull off. You know, if you're, if you're about to dump a guy, you know, you can get your hands off to the side and kind of, like, lean over a little bit. It seems, it seems hard, but it, it's not as hard as, you know, it, it, it seems because, you know, you, you have full control of, of, of what you're doing. Like, if you, if you have the quarterback in your hand and you're about to dump him, you, know, you have control to either let him go or pull off. Or if you come at him at an angle, you know, to get your head to the side and not put it in the sternum. Like, you know, it's certain things like that that you can control. Now, there are things you can't control. Like, you know, maybe you, know, you beat a guy and the tackle pushes you into the quarterback and you end up, you know, 
falling at his legs or something like that. Or, you know, maybe you, you're tackling the quarterback and the old lineman falls on top of you, so now you're really pancaking the quarterback. Like, some things you can't control like that. But the, the ones you can control, you know, that you have to do your best to, to control those things. So that, that, that's really my take on it. You know, I, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's soft. You know, it's soft. I feel like, you know, with, uh, with uh, the rules and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, it's to protect our guys. So, yeah. you know, I, I look at it from both angles. Boy, Justin's taking some hits that you'd like to throw a flight. How, how do you feel about this, hearing this from the NFL uh, owners <clears throat> well, meeting today? It, it's kind of like a baseball umpire. You know, all, all, baseball umpires are not going to call the strike zone exactly the same. Yeah. So now you're asking the officials to interpret what they saw. And what would be hard for a defensive lineman if you're playing against Kyler Murray or you're playing against Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger in their prime, you have to have two different approaches to these guys. Right. I remember Cam Newton broadcasting right. a game and guys are bouncing off of him. Yeah. And so I guess you'd have to put some time, study time in to the type of quarterback you're playing. Yeah. Does he try to spin out of tackles? Is he willing to take a hit? Does he hold it a little longer yeah. to get the ball out of his hands? And you know, issues that are, you know, you guys will have to study now. You know, for those bigger guys, you know, the biggest thing we preach is depend the arm so we can't throw the ball away. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing we teach because obviously we know we can't just drill the guy, even if he's a big, even right. if he's big, you feel me? So we got we got to pin the arm to make sure we can't throw the ball and, you know, make it, make it a gang tackle because, you know, that was, that was one thing about, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. I remember when I was uh, younger in my career, you know, he's a big guy. Yeah. You know, he's, it's hard to bring down by, by one man. So, you know, pin his arm, you know, wait for everybody else to get there and get him down together. That's, that's one of the big things we talked about. So that's how we answer, you know, those, those uh, bigger quarterbacks. As for the running ones, you know, kind of just keep them in the box or keep them in the cup, and then, you know, that, that'll make it easier for him to get tackled. So. Ben was the best pump fake quarterback I've ever seen because he had such big hands that he could make it look like he was actually throwing the ball. Right. When it was just trying to get a defensive back out of position or a defensive lineman to jump. Right. So you broke down the team last week. Before, what what'd you say? Oh man, I was just talking about <laughs> I was just talking about, you know, just having having a swag, man. It's Thursday night football and you know, we look good, man. It feels good out here, you know, and the lights is on, you know, fans are going crazy, man. Like we just gotta have some swag when we take the field, man. We gotta have energy, we gotta have juice, you know, we have to play like we love the game. And that's what the biggest thing we talked about in that huddle. And just play for each other, because you know, that's all we got. You know, we're going to war together. You know, you empty the tank for each other. We we've been grinding all year. What's the best one of those you've ever heard in your Football playing life. Uh, honestly, I think I think the one uh, Rose said. I forgot what game it was, but he was mic'd up. I think he was mic'd up. Was it San Fran? Might have been. Might have been. San I, Fran. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was San Fran. But he was like, man, you know, I, I, I'll die, I'll die, I'll die on this field right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm emptying the whole thing for y'all, and make sure y'all do the same, man. I was like, oh, that gave me chills right there, man. I told him the next day in the locker room. I was like, hey, man, you you, you got me ready to play after that one. So. But yeah, that, that was that was a good one for sure. That was, that was probably one of the best ones I've heard so far. Did you did you like the orange helmets? You know, I wasn't a big fan of it at first, but when I saw it under the lights, you know, with, with the jersey combo, it, it was pretty fun. Well, let me ask you this. So, you know, during my career, we only wore one helmet every single game, and you kind of break in your helmet. It's like a pair of leather shoes. That right. When they start fitting perfectly, they <clears> fit perfectly. Did you feel any difference in the helmet that you wore since it was kind of a fresh helmet? Uh, it was kind of tight a little bit, you know, but we wore it the, uh, the day before, you know, in, in practice for a little bit, so that, that made it a lot easier, you know, to break in come the game. But, you know, I, th I think the cold air kind of tightened up the leather a little bit. But it, it was pretty cool. It was all right. All right, before we let you go, get your final scouting report. Uh, if it's all about stopping the run so you can earn the right to rush the passer, whomever mm. it may be, it means uh, stopping Ramondre Stevenson. What kind of back is he, and what are you seeing on tape? 
Uh, honestly, we haven't even had the opportunity to break down New England. I know coaches have, but we've been more so looking at, you okay. know, uh, we've been more so looking at Washington and doing a lot of self-scouting, you know, these last, these last four days, you know, just focusing on us and really, you know, seeing where we can better ourselves at, as a person, as a player, you know, not more so just the, the team itself, but each player individually. Like, look at yourself and be really, really, really strict on yourself and, and really, you know what I'm saying, coach yourself on how, to, how do you get the better version of yourself on the field. Hey, Justin, I want to tell you one thing. If you win a play immediately like you did in Green Bay and stuff, mm -hmm. keep your head on a swivel because that running back will, will light you up. Really? Yes. Just, you know, food for thought because I was watching some different tape on him today. Mm -hmm. he, number 34, the interior linebacker for Detroit. Three times <laughs> the guy blitzed. Three times he lit him up. Jeez. And so I'm just saying if you get one of those quick wins, look for Look for him. There you go. Tom Thayer scouting report for Justin Jones. All right. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a lot of work to do and you want to be with your family, but uh, I know the folks here from Magellan and USO Illinois appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of your season. Thank you. Thank Bear you. down, buddy. Bear down. Justin Jones, our guest. We'll continue, Tom and I, another segment to break down the Bears and Patriots on Monday night here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That's the sound of Magellan Corporation in USO, Illinois. Special guests here on a special edition of Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Tanner Budabaum, our producer, Dan Brule, Paul Zerang here. Justin Jones, a very enjoyable interview. He's got a lot to say, and he's lived a full life. Enjoyed our feature with yes. him on the television side, and he's a proud papa. That's the best part of it all. I love it. That is number one, no, no doubt about it. Number two is he's a defensive line. He's a lineman. You know, that's always the best part about right, your football That's where life. it's won or lost right there. That's right. And you can catch him at, at 27Savage on Twitter. I never asked him what that is, 27Savage, because he's certainly not that number. But uh, uh, a really interesting cat. Through six games, the defensive linemen have seven and a half sacks. So they'd like to see that number up. He's leading yeah. the way, co-leader yep. with uh, – a couple of players on this team, Travis Gibson and, and Dominique Robinson, one and a half. Robert Quinn, one. Al-Qadim Muhammad, one. But again, the preach points, and I know fans don't get a kick out of it. It's not, there's, there's answers in there, but it's not what they want to hear, obviously. But fundamentals, technique, eyes, trust your eyes, assignment, alignment, keys. It's all the, the verbiage that you're going to hear from this day forward from this coaching staff. And yeah. that's the key to winning. For and them. you want to create confidence because you want to know when you go into these stadiums that are a little bit off the beaten trail, like New England, you don't play there very often. You got to go in there with the confidence that everything you're doing in practice is getting ready for you to win games. And that's the attitude the Bears have to have going forward. It, you cannot sit there and go, oh, this is woes me because they have this guy on the team. It's about woes them because we're going to come in here and we're going to bring a physical style of football that's going to be, you know, running game, passing game, and our defense, and we're going to bring it. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with you. A couple of nuggets today, Tom. Uh, I know you'll have some opinions on. Um, the NFL is looking at a Black Friday football game in 20. Yeah, I saw that. So day after th so you know, the idea is, I guess, to play every day of the week. I don't know. Fridays keep seemingly off limits but not on the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, how do you feel about it? That's in the book. Well, it's going to happen. They haven't named the teams yet. Yeah, the only people that are unhappy about it are the malls. 
in the guys <laughs> the stores that have the super sales and they want as many people in their stores all day. But hey, I think it's a great day for football as long as they don't take away anything from high school state championships and college yeah. football because that's when all these games are and um, you know these teams, these coaching staff, these parents, the support crew of every one of these younger kids have put in a lot of time and effort. So don't take attention away from those guys just to put another pro game on Friday. So hopefully it's, you know, like I said, it doesn't interfere with the big moments for the high school and college kids. I don't know what the significance is, but a lot of uh, writers were tweeting this today. Uh, NFL owners hearing at today's meetings that the average margin of victory this season is 8.9 points, which is essentially a one-score game pretty much, uh, on pace to shatter the Super Bowl-era record of 10.2. So you've got balance in the league. I believe there are 10 teams with a winning record. That's it. And three divisions do not have a winning team. They may have a 500 team. How, how do you look at that as a veteran player and now analyst? Does it matter to you? I mean, it doesn't matter because they've always wanted parity, but with free agency and so many coaches being fired every year, you don't have a chance to build a foundation that lasts for years. Like, you know, with you know, you have in certain amount of teams, you know, you got obviously the quarterback position in Green Bay, the coaching position in New England. You know, those are a couple of examples that you have success. And, um, but, you know, when you have so many guys changing over year in and year out, team in and team out, it's going to be hard to have a great team with a, with a first-year head coach or a great team with a first-year quarterback. It's it's difficult uh, position to master. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the, the pass protection and, and Justin Fields as he heads into New England uh, because he'll, he'll – listen, no matter what, they're going to throw things that maybe he hasn't seen yet in his 16 NFL games, but – the idea that they want is to keep him in the pocket and, you know, yada, yada, yada. He's got moves that can get him out of the pocket, that pivot move. I'm just, you know, where are you at on pass protection? Because Matt Eberflus is saying it's all 11, which includes Justin getting rid of the football and also getting everybody in the right protection. It, it, it is, but I'm kind of disappointed there's not a wider variety of throwing spots for Justin. Because, yeah, okay, New England knows that they're going to try to keep him in the pocket. He's never going to be in the pocket. I mean, he is. But, you know, there's a majority of the time that he's going to be on the outside. Uh, you know, there's an easy play to Darnell Mooney where uh, Justin rolls to his left. Darnell Mooney is wide open. There's not a, any type of uh, defensive player around him to, to hit him or, you know, have a challenging tackle. Same thing with Cole Komet. There's a, you know, a pass at the fourth quarter that they throw to David Montgomery on the edge. All those types of things, getting the ball out of his hands quicker, throw from a variety of spots, allow your offensive lineman to throw play action as frequently as you possibly can because it's the most aggressive pass protection there is in football. When you are a straight dropback team and you're giving ground grudgingly but you're allowing the defense to be the aggressor, it's difficult protection. So use the God-given uh, gifts that Justin is, has in, in Throw them from a variety of positions. Stats are interesting because, you know, they say a lot, but uh, sometimes it's deceiving. And so the Bears haven't passed the ball a lot that by volume. It's more a, a run football team right now, and it may stay that way for the Good. remainder of the season, which is fine with you and I, right? No, no question. They're near the top 10 in the NFL in a rushing, 170.8 yards a game and 5.2 a carry. Uh, today, Matt Eberflus said the hot hand will run the football. Khalil Herbert at six yards a carry. David Montgomery at four right now, but they both are excellent in the passing game, and they both 
play a violent brand of ball. They both have leverage, and they both bring it every snap. I'd rather have that than have uh, a guy that doesn't want to get hit because these guys deliver punishment. You know, if you can continue to develop the offensive line, Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, is a hell of a coach. And I think if they can continue to develop the offensive line, still have the same desire to run the ball, throughout the second half of the season, you're going to see the Bears win a lot of games because late in the season when other teams are, you know, fighting with backups and so on and so forth, that's when the Bears will be able to win those fourth quarter games. Calling all Bears fans, get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. We're winding things up. want to thank our studio audience today, Magellan and USO Illinois. Thank you for being here. Hope you enjoyed the show. For our special guest, Justin Jones, Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks, Paul Zerang, Tyler Buterbaum, and... Dan Barilli, here from PNC Studios at Alice Hall. Good night, everybody. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Good night. <laughs>